Good afternoon. It is Monday, July 26th. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with Solutions Live, and we are doing a special show today for our executive girlfriends group uh, called Egg Fit. And my guest today is Cammie Gray, and she is the author of The Denim Diet. And I love the subtitle to the book, which is 16 Simple Habits to Get You Into Your Dream Pair of Jeans. And uh, Cammie talks about a no-nonsense way to get to a smaller you and a healthier planet. Welcome, Cammie. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, Tiki. Great. Well, I am so glad that uh, we could get together today. Uh, As I mentioned, we've got uh, a group called the Executive Girlfriends Group, which is about 550 women nationwide who are all very, very busy, and, and time is always a challenge, and, and fitting in fitness is uh, one of the things that we are trying to help our members do. And so I love the fact that you have uh, distilled our life behavior down into 16 sim- simple habits, because I know all of us want to, want to get, well, I, I'm not even sure I even own the dream pair of jeans yet, because I've given them away <laughs> so many times. But I sure am ready to go out and get them. So, Kimmy, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? Because you've got a, a very, very interesting uh, set of of uh, experiences that led you up to becoming an author. Yeah, well, I am a wardrobe stylist. That's actually what I do for uh, for my bread and butter. Um, actually, not a lot of butter. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I basically uh, style talent um, actors and such for movies and for TV and for commercials, and I also have personal styling clients as well. And I've done that for um, roughly about 10 years, but my real experience for writing this book uh, came from my own personal um, experience being overweight and when I was in college and a little bit beyond that. And so, but my motivation for, for being fit and trim truly is, it does come from wanting to fit into my, you know, pairs of jeans and my clothes, clothes and stuff like that, because I am really uh, into fashion and style. Um, so, but it does, it has been my motivator. And for me, it's like way better than obsessing over some number on the bathroom scale. I'd much rather just see how my clothes are fitting, because they tell me loud and clear how I'm doing. Absolutely. Well, one of the things uh, that I want to encourage uh, our listeners um, to do is to actually consider using a, a stylist. I actually did it for my my fiftieth birthday a couple of years ago, and wow. treated myself um, to a, a local woman here in Tampa who uh, was just amazing. And I hired her to come in and to go through everything in my closet, and she had me, you know, try on everything, you know, from shoes to undergarments, I mean, just the whole nine yards, including my jewelry. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, we went through the, you know, putting together the pile of the things that really needed to be thrown away, the things that could be given away, um, and then, of course, the, the things that we could keep. And even though I wasn't as svelte as I would have liked to have been, she really did 
make me feel really, really great about myself. And then the next day she took me shopping. And, uh, you know, at the time, uh, you know, I, I wasn't having to be as concerned about money as most of us are, are having to do today. But she took me uh, actually to Nordstrom's, which uh, she had some really, really great relationships there. And uh, we bought some basic pieces for my wardrobe. And, again, I would never have believed that I could have gotten what, what we were able to bring home. Uh, but it was just an amazing investment in me. So just a, a plug for, for that side of your business. It, while it sounds like a luxury, um, you know, it just it was really the best time that I have spent in the last couple of years. I wish I could do it again. Well, because it's kind of twofold. I mean, not only do you now have a wardrobe that you really feel good about, that looks good on you, that, um, you know, you're starting to kind of create your own personal sense of style. It's also a way to really save money because I think a lot of times when you go out shopping, you know, especially when you go to a store that um, salespeople are on commission, you end up getting a lot of things that, you know, you bring back home, some of the things that stay in your closet. A lot of times when I go into a client's closet, they still have lots of tags on things and they're from last season or whatever, so it's like they're really not using them. So I do exactly what your stylist did for you. I go in the very first thing, and I go into someone's closet, and we need to try stuff on. Because, you know, a lot of times it's they might have great pieces, but they don't know how to work them together, or they don't understand kind of their body and how, you know, what right. what are some types of things to look for. Because, you know, not all of us are Cameron Diaz, and I know I'm not. I don't wear the same jeans <laughs> she does. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but I think also it's that, you know, having someone to um, empower you to have your own personal sense of style. And so it's not a girlfriend, it's not your mom, it's this totally objective person who, you know, will just kind of give you the straight scoop and there's no reason to, you know, not have someone just be super objective and honest and, you know, just feel so good. And, you know, I think we're, we we overthink our, our wardrobe so much and we overthink our how we feel about our bodies. So for me, this book was kind of bringing my, my two kind of passions together. Well, and that was going to be my next question. What what brought you to the place uh, where you wanted to write this book? I was actually, I never planned on writing, and I never planned on writing this book for sure. It's um, health and, and the way that I eat, that I've eaten for over 20 years now. I never really talked about it with anybody. It was just kind of my own little thing. It totally works. And it's really very simple. And but I was in Texas. I was um, with my boyfriend in Texas, and we were visiting his uh, parents' family home in Amarillo. And I literally could not find a thing to eat for the five days that I was there. There wasn't a grocery store. There wasn't a restaurant. There wasn't anything in their refrigerator or meals that they prepared. It just nothing, like literally nothing, met my criteria for for healthy eating. What I eat, and I just felt so. And then you kind of look around, you know, this town and, um, you know, people are just so overweight. There's donut shops everywhere. Nobody's running or even walking. And um, it just, you know, so I, I wrote it just because I was really frustrated. And my and it seriously just poured out of me over that five days. Like I literally wrote this entire book while I was there. <laughs> and it was just one of those things. It was just a fluky, weird thing. Like it just had to be written and I mean even in the same 16 simple habits in the same format and and I barely even slept during that time and just came back and asked this other uh, um, author who has seven New York Times best-selling books in his book he says (laughs) ask people for help it was kind of a self-help book that I read of his his name's Matthew Kelly and in his book he says you know um, 
ask people for help. And so I decided to ask him for help. So <laughs> I really wrote to him and said, hey, would you read this, you know, this book that I wrote? And he said, send me your best 25 pages, what you think is the best. So I did. And six weeks later, I get this cryptic message from his blackbird that says, hey, Cammy, really like your pages. Call my friend Joe. He's a literary agent in Chicago. Called Joe and it just sold in two months. So I just think it was supposed to happen. It really wasn't this planned thing, though. <laughs> I think that's well, what that, happens when you're really passionate. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. And and you're absolutely right. When it when it pours out of you out of need, um, you know, your own personal need, you know, it's a whole lot more authentic. Um, well, I want to just uh, – I don't know that we'll have time to go through through all of, of your 16 habits, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just zero in on, on a couple of them. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually the uh, 50-something uh, mother of a 10 and a 12-year-old. So, you know, what you have in your house is, is often, uh, you know, one of the things that we battle uh, as women. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to exclude men because uh, I'm sure we'll have men listeners as well. So item number one uh, focuses in on all these high fructose uh, corn syrup, sugar, and artificial sweetener uh, items, soda pop, gummy bears. Um, you know, so what to do about your your sweet tooth? So uh, I, I'm assuming that because that's where you started, uh, that's what you were faced with uh, that particular time. Exactly, and it's also um, I think just the single biggest problem I think in America is this this sweet tooth and all these processed foods with all this fake sugar and you know the artificial sweeteners and the high fructose corn syrup. And we've really come to not even understand what food tastes like anymore. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting what happens when people start weaning themselves off of uh, sweeteners of any kind, when you just start having food that's less sweet. And I'm not saying not sweetened at all. Right. Like, if you tried to give me, like, a Snickers bar or a gummy bear, I, I honestly couldn't stomach it. Like, I don't have the taste for it anymore. And it's so interesting what happens. You just don't, We just don't realize how sweet the food is that we're eating because we just, you know, become so accustomed to that's what food tastes like. And, you know, so I have it as my first chapter because I just do think it's single-handedly the cause of the American obesity epidemic. And just in people being 10 to 15 pounds overweight, you know, that little belly ring, I, you know, it's caused from having all of this um, this fixation on on sweeteners. And I think a lot of people think, oh, if I'm dieting, I want to get rid of, like, things with fat. And I want to get rid of carbs, but exactly the opposite is true. It's really get in control of this this sweet tooth and this way that we um, use artificial sweeteners and all this fake, you know, refined sweeteners. And once you get a handle on that, I mean, a miracle. Seriously, watch a miracle happen. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I've just gone through uh, about eight weeks that that actually began with one week of completely removing uh, sugar. So I was just eating uh, really primarily raw vegetables and uh, a little bit of fruit, but but the low glycemic kind. And so the next uh, item in your book is actually about white versus brown carbohydrates, the glycemic index, and the miracle of fiber, which has been at, at the heart of the beginning of my my weight loss. So I'm I'm really glad to hear that this is one of your important steps because it, it's confirmation that what I've been doing is actually on the right track. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the the whole grains and the the whole carbohydrates are such an essential component to uh, long term weight loss success and maintenance because you're satiated. You're actually you know things with a lot of fiber. They fill you up and they keep you going and they digest slowly instead of 
white refined carbohydrates, which go through you very, very quickly, spike your insulin levels, which is the only hormone in the body that can create fat storage. So you want to keep those that, that is insulin levels low, and you want everything to like burn through you slow and steady because you you don't want to eat every hour. You're, you can go two to three hours without um, refueling. And so I think that when people first kind of get in control of the sweeteners and then they replace that with just you know whole grains, and it can be brown rice, it can be quinoa, it can be beans, it can be legumes, it can be uh, you know whole wheat pasta. It really, really, and I think those those two, if you did nothing else, if you literally said, I'm okay, Cami, I'm only going to follow two habits, get rid of 14, I would say chapter one, chapter two, and you're pretty much, you're 90% there. You know, the well, rest of it is kind of fine-tuning and tweaking. One of the things I love about your book, and, and uh, those that, that follow my interviews of authors know that I'm, I'm a real sucker for, for a practical layout in the book. And, and one of the things that I like is that you, you tell stories, which I, I think is a very, very engaging uh, way of, of pulling in your readers and actually making them think about uh, similar situations in their lives. But at the end of every chapter... Uh, you've got a, a list of things uh, to do, and then also a, a small chapter called Food for Thought, uh, which mm-hmm. follows each one. So just for those who are considering uh, buying Cammie's book, um, that, that's one of my favorite things about being able to uh, actually practically implement uh, what you read. So the next chapter is about um, organic food. And, you know, I will just say that um, a lot of the women in the Executive Girlfriends group right now are, uh, like the rest of our country, are facing some financial challenges and uh, just a, a lot of pressure on uh, their, their home budgets. So what have you found uh, as it relates to organic food and, and being able to do that from a practical perspective with our current uh, squeezed budgets? Well, and I'm glad you used the word practical because, um, and, and you can tell from reading my book, I'm a pretty practical person. Like I'm not an obsessive person, and my whole kind of theme is sort of good is good enough. And I don't want to obsess over, like, oh, I can't eat this cantaloupe because it's not organic. And so I kind of like, you know, just how you might do in your closet or when you're disciplining your kids, I kind of like pick things. You know, I try, I try to do as, as well as I possibly can do given, you know, the parameters of of budget and time and, and all that and what's available in season and stuff. So, uh, no, do I eat all organic? I don't. I make a real effort to eat organic when I can. I um, even like cruise the web for coupons for organic, uh, you know, more national brands, whatever. I live in Portland, Oregon, so it's very easy, especially this time of year. I mean, I think we've got more farmers markets per capita than any other city. So there are some ways in which where I live does help me, you know, eat a little better for cheaper. Right. But I think even during the rest of the year, it's like one of the things I have in my book is the dirty dozen. You know, it's like yeah, I was going to ask are, you about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, and you can go online and get the Dirty Dozen um, anytime because it changes um, as the seasons change. Um, but basically what it is, it's the um, 12, you know, most toxic uh, fruits and vegetables. So things that, you know, if they're not grown if organically, you're going to have the most, like, pesticides and fungicides and things like that. And it's kind of obvious what they are. They're things that... Um, don't have kind of an outer, outer layer. So like avocados, you know, you're, you've got that tough outer layer that you're not going to eat. So um, corn, same thing, pineapples. So things with a tough exterior, you right. can kind of do a little cheating and, and kind of or even, you know, buy it frozen or buy canned. 
So uh, I think there's definitely some ways that you can still um, eat organic as often as you possibly can. And, you know, like me, I'm just not going to sweat the rest. Right, right. Well, the next one, uh, again, this was a tough one for me uh, in the last, I would say, 10 or 12 years because I, I did have young kids. So this this is a chapter about fast food. And, yeah. you know, it is so tempting when you have little ones who, you know, just getting in and out of the car and going in to eat is, is just such a big deal. Um, you know, we, we have actually weaned ourselves uh, off of fast food as, as a regular thing, but my kids are older now, and, and so they're yeah. better at eating the right things. But, you know, why don't you just I, – I think everyone instinctively knows that fast food uh, is fat food, uh, but, yeah. but what are your findings? You know, the thing is it's just not even really food. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's really just completely processed. It's just, you know, it's food that uh, really helps you do nothing but, like, you know, maybe, you know, curb your hunger for maybe an hour, but it's just so processed and it's so full of fake toxic stuff that it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's kind of like eating poison. And it's so that's congratulations on weaning your family off of that because, and you know, I mean, I have kids too, and certainly they've had fast food. And it's, you know, they're still alive. So, you know, I think once in a while it's kind of like the good is good enough. It's probably not going to kill you, but if that's really part of your regular diet, if your answer to lunch is a cheeseburger and some fries and a milkshake and things like that, you're not eating food and you're, you know, that's, I think a lot of people don't realize, I wonder why I'm, I'm so lethargic. I wonder why I always need to take a nap. Why do I feel tired when I'm sitting at my desk? Because you're not actually fueling your body. If you had walnuts and some string cheese and a yogurt and, you know, green salad, some tuna fish, some food, I, I think you'd find that, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm almost 44 years old and I don't require naps and I can work all day and I'm super energetic and I know why because the stuff that I'm feeding my body is actually fueling my body and when I'm hungry I eat and I refuel so okay, yeah well that, that fast food is so huge. much sense it makes so much sense so um, moving on, uh, item number five uh, is all about uh, drinking, and it's uh, I love the title. It's Mixers, Moderation, and Margaritas, and on this one, I have to read the quote that you picked, and I'm, I'm also a, a sucker for quotes. <laughs> if you are young and you drink a great deal, it will spoil your health, slow your mind, and make you fat. In other words, turn you into an adult. <laughs> By P.J. O'Rourke, and I, I think that, that that is so important, but, you know, getting back to to you know we've been in pretty stressful times and i know in my household it was just you know you, you would just like exhale at the end of the day as you're pouring yourself a glass of wine and yeah. you know we used to easily go through a bottle or two you know from dinner to the time we went to bed and and that's something that we knew uh you know as we were trying to get control of our health uh that we did need to significantly cut back so so yeah. what what's your take on this you know, my take is that, well, there's just certain, you know, uh, cocktails and things like that that I just won't. Those are just, you know, you, I'm sure you know my book is all, it's things are either on the list or they're not on the list. And I don't really have to think about it. It's just, to me, everything's yes or no. So beer, like microbrews, those are just like, that's about the calories of a sandwich in a pint glass. And cocktail mixes are just all high fructose corn syrup and sugar. And so right. those are completely off my radar. But sure, I'm a... You know, over 40 women, I'm a mom, and I have the same stresses we all do, and I love my wine. But again, you know, it's like for your health, you just kind of need to keep it in check, and also just for your, like, emotional health and for your family. I mean, anything in excess is really going to 
you know, kind of create havoc in other areas of your life too. But from a diet standpoint and from a calorie standpoint, you can really, really, um, you know, tack on the calories at the end of the day by consuming a bottle or a bottle and a half of wine. So, you know, a little great, you know, for those of people that don't have a problem with alcohol and with drinking. And certainly I um, prefer drinking red wine over white wine when I can. Um, it's kind of a vain thing, but it stains my teeth so badly. So when I'm out, <laughs> I always drink white wine. But, you know, a little, um, you know, anti-aging, anti-inflammatory, antioxidants that you get from red right. wine, you know, great. In Italy, they drink wine with, you know, most meals and even, you know, kids do. But so, you know, I don't sweat it. But again, it's like you kind of just, it's just that balancing act. You know, and it's not just the calories. Again, it's your health and and all that. So it's like, you know, enjoy a little, just try not to enjoy a lot. And I think that goes with anything, you know, you, you consume. Right. I'm going to uh, just breeze over a couple of these because I want to uh, focus on the really important. I think it goes without saying that, you know, the foo-foo coffee drinks and, and what Starbucks has done to our culture of of having people load up on those drinks that just have tons of fat and, and sugar um, you know, have have not been a good thing. And um, no. but the one I want to focus in on is item number seven, which which talks about breakfast. And and we've heard so many times, you know, it is the most important meal of the day. So, what does your breakfast look like? My breakfast. I mean, I'm a big, big, big fan of eggs. And I probably most days have either a couple hard boiled eggs or maybe some egg scrambles. I might also have just some peanut butter toast. Um, I always, always, always have fruit uh, with my breakfast. And maybe a yogurt with some berries or some nuts on there. So I always make sure the first thing I do is get up and, you know, it's not a, it's not a huge breakfast. It's maybe a right. three or 400 calorie breakfast. And I usually have to have like a little snack around 1030 or 11 uh, to kind of get me to lunch, which is usually maybe a piece of string cheese and a few walnuts. Um, but when we don't break the fast, which is what breakfast is, um, our metabolism just takes a nosedive. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of dieters think, oh, this is such a great idea, this is a great way to skip three or 400 calories, but it never works out that way. You're right. so hungry and you're so thrown off that by two or three, you know, you're making excuses of how you're going to start your diet, you know, the following Monday or whatever. It's like, because you can't do it because you're not fueling your body when it needs that fuel. And we just have stopped paying attention to our body and we're trying to do all these kind of cheater, fast ways of doing anything and it's just, you know, you can look at yo-yo dieting. It doesn't work. So just right. eat your food and, you know, get up and have a nice breakfast. And, you know, our body needs food. So, you know, fuel it up. And first thing in the morning, yep, absolutely a must. Well, and again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on the next one, which is, is really all about protein. And I am like a protein hound. Uh, but I think most of us have learned that the uh, the lean meats and, and fishes are, are going to be a whole lot better for us. So, um, let's talk about uh, uh, item nine, which is your mom was so right, and it, it's talking about uh, win and lose with fruits and vegetables. Yeah. The thing is, you know, fruits and vegetables, I don't even count them. I really don't. I just eat as many as I want. I mean, and I'm more of a vegetable person than a fruit person. Uh, I just because I have, I think because I weaned myself off sugar, like I don't have any sugar at all in my diet uh, anymore. So I don't have as much of a sweet tooth. So to, to me, it's like I'd much rather have some cut-up vegetables dipped in hummus. Um, but it's just, you know, it's got so much in the way of minerals and enzymes and important vitamins, and it fills you up. And, they're, and it has so much fiber, and it's digested slowly. So to me, it's like, 
you know, the first thing I do when I go to the grocery store is I go to the produce section and I load my half of my cart is fruits and vegetables and they don't go to waste. And, you know, when I, my daughter's staying with me, she's here this summer from college. I mean, we, it's amazing how much we go through. And it's just, and I know that's why, you know, I'm just satiated all day and I just, you know, don't even sweat it. But, and, and I do like a little, you know, I use them as kind of a, a dip delivery device, but it's not like cream cheese and things like that. It's more things like hummus, maybe some peanut butter, you know, things right. that are going to also satiate me and um, give my body the fuel it needs. But, yeah, got to have those fruits and vegetables. But watch out for those killer salads, you know, at restaurants that have all that, the candied nuts and the gorgonzola cheese, you know. You know the more, <laughs> Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, can, those can add up to as many calories as your, you know, McDonald's Big Mac. So you really got to be careful about salad dressings and, and all that stuff that goes on our wonderful fruits and vegetables. Well, so let's talk about some good fats though, because I, I know you do talk about how fat is an important part of our diet. So so how yeah. do you how are you smart about your fats? Well, I uh, definitely have fat every day, and I'm not afraid to have fat. I just have the right fats, and my fats come from, um, instead of red meat and, and things that have a lot of saturated fat that are not good for my heart and also can lead to weight gain, I choose things like olives and olive oil and uh, peanut butter and almonds and walnuts and uh, seeds and things that will really, uh, you know, pack a punch in terms of satiating me. But, right, you know, the, the good fats are uh, responsible for every metabolic function in our body. So without them, your body cannot run at its optimum metabolism. And that's the goal. You know, that's what helps us get into these dream pair of genes is you want optimum metabolism. There's all sorts of good things to get you there. But good fats are absolutely essential. So I really think that people who are like, oh, I'm having the gummy bears and they're fat-free, forget all that diet food. That diet food is making us fat. Good fats, heart-healthy fats, the monounsaturated and the polyunsaturated, that actually leads to weight loss and weight maintenance. So, yeah, eat your nuts and seeds. Well, in the last few minutes we have, let, let's talk a little bit about exercising and, uh, you know, how to how to get on a program and to get folks around us uh, to support what we're doing, uh, you know, to keep us going. Because I know for me that is always the biggest thing uh, in my life is, is I, you know, I can decide I'm going to go on a program, but if I don't have people around me and if I don't have a, a coach or someone who's holding me accountable – I just can't stick with it. Yeah, and I, you know, that's most of us, and that's absolutely me as well. It's the, it's the thing that I have to work the, work the hardest at. And so the, the thing I recommend is set yourself up for success. Like, know who you are, know what your shortcomings are. For me, I am not going to go to the gym. I can't stand repetition. It's just so completely boring. And I'm really practical. So the thing that works for me, and I have no trouble at all, is walking. And the reason it works for me is because I walk somewhere. So if I'm going to the grocery store, I walk to the grocery store. And I literally use dailymile.com and I figure out my route and I try to get at least four miles in a day. And often days I have 6.5 or 7. And it's just from making these little tiny trips to, oh, I'm going to go get my, you know, go get my pedicure. And I find a place that's about a mile away. So that's two miles round trip. So all I have to do, you know, is leave 15, 20 minutes ahead of time. I don't have to fight traffic. I don't have to pay for gas. You know, my legs are getting shapelier and leaner as I'm there. And as I'm getting there, and I got my exercise in. So for me, that really works. So find something that works. Some people love dancing. You know, instead of like doing, you know, maybe aerobics or some boring kind of dance, you know, type thing at your gym, take a dance class. 
you know, actually learn how to dance. You know, so do what you know you love and what you'll stick to, but the thing that you just brought up is so important. If you need a buddy and that motivates you and encourages you, find one. They're out there. They're everywhere. You know, for me, it's like when my daughter's home this summer, it's so awesome because she loves to walk too, and she needs a little motivation. She needs more motivation from another person than I do. So I'm like every day, okay, where are we going? You know, today she's like, I need to get my brows done. <laughs> it sounds like all we do is like, you know, beauty maintenance. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to walk there today. And, you know, it's going to be two miles away. And so that's our four miles. So find what works for you. Well, I think that, uh, again, the thing I love about your book is it is so, so intensely practical. And, and uh, again, we're running out of time. But some of the other things that, that uh, Cammie talks about in her book is uh, about Counting, counting calories and taking a look at portions and proportion uh, about eating away from home and uh, you know again some of the things about really taking care of our planet uh, by not buying so much prepared food and, and things that, that are really creating that drain on the planet so Cami, I really appreciate uh, you being on, on the show how can people uh, find you most easily I have a website, and it's just cammygray.com, so it's K-A-M-I-G-R-A-Y.com, and lots and lots of good tips. It's also a blog, so I've had about 300 blog posts or so since my book came out. A lot of just really good practical tips. A lot of my blogs are written in a way that, you know, is motivating, so I'm kind of talking to my readers that have reached out and said, okay, this totally makes sense, and I'm totally on it, but every once in a while, someone's like, they need another little kind of kick in the pants, and so I've that's a lot of my blog posts come from that kind of perspective, and and then that helps me too, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know, stay on track. So yeah, CammyGray.com. Well, Cammy, thank you so much. And again, Cammy's book is The Denim Diet: Sixteen Simple Habits to Get You Into Your Dream Pair of Jeans. And I can't wait to uh, to finish reading the book and and to put some of these items into practice. And, Cami, I uh, just look forward to staying in touch with you and letting you know about my successes. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for having me, Chicky. This was a lot of fun. All right. Take care. Okay, you too. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. For more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com.